0: throughout Lent we've been talking about how is it that we hold on to our joy. I heard David Jeremiah say recently that joy is to be the atmosphere in which we live our Christian lives. How is it that 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 can be reality for us especially because of this day? I was blessed to be able to, as many of our staff get to do, preach at a retirement home, few days ago. And I shared a story that I've shared with you before about my daughter at her preschool graduation at age four. They went down and had each child tell uh, what they wanted to be when they grew up. I want to be a doctor. I want to be a cowboy. I want to be a stunt man. They get to my daughter. I want to be a mermaid. So uh, <laughs> but I told that at a retirement uh, home to, to the residents there getting ready uh, to share. And, and I then asked them, what did you want to be? And you think about it, too. When you were four, what did you want to be? And immediately, a person's hand shot up. And I said, yes, what did you want to be when you were four? And she said, I just wanted to make it to five. (laughs) (laughs) That must have been a tough neighborhood. (laughs) Been there in different seasons. I just want to get through today. I just... I just need to get through this season. This day changes that. Christ changes that. Death is defeated. Sin is defeated. And you and I can know the joy of the Lord. I want us to look at three responses that we see here, but we see it throughout the different reactions to Christ and his resurrection and the news of his resurrection. And the first reaction and first response, we tend to skip over that, and it's fear. It's fear almost at every point for everybody who either hears of the resurrection or meets the resurrected Christ. We think about when Peter jumps off the boat he, in John 21. He's so excited to see the resurrected Christ, and he swims to shore. We, we remember Mary trying to hug Jesus and worship him. But typically, and initially, the, resp- the response it's fear. Go back to verse 5 in this passage. The women were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground. You read that story in Mark 16 or Matthew 28. It's the same thing. They're trembling. They're astonished. They, they depart with fear. And then here in our passage, verse 37, 38, and 41. Startled, frightened. Jesus knows they're troubled and they're marveling. I love how the message, the modern day paraphrase, put, puts verse 41 it translates it this way it says they still couldn't believe what they were seeing it was too much the resurrection is too much to take in i i i i get the reaction of mary and the women at the first resurrection accounts but but listen now our passage is later Right? Not only has Jesus said three times at least that I'm going to be resurrected, get ready for it. This temple will be rebuilt. Right. He's prepared them for it. And, and now I get why they're fearful, Mary and the women. And, but we've had people run to the tomb and see that it's empty, even, even believe. And we've also had, and this is where we find our passage today, we've had a report from those on the road to Emmaus. We've seen him alive. So this is much later. You should have, you should have settled into that news When the resurrection and the life shows up, even if you know it and you already believe it, the first and right reaction is fear. There ought to be an unsettling. You could hear that news a thousand times. When you and I meet the Christ who's been raised from the dead, we should come undone. One of my favorite Christian singers has a song about that. I can't wait until Jesus comes. And when he comes, I'll come undone. And I can't wait to come undone. Christ, the resurrected Christ, should amaze. The resurrected Christ ought to unsettle us. And again, it's not just the idea of resurrection. Uh, they've seen three resurrections during Jesus' ministry. Even Lazarus, through, and this is mythology, but the mythology of that day would say if a body has, has been d- dead for four days, the spirit's already left. There's no way to bring it back after three days. And Jesus' response to that was Lazarus, come forth. He is over death. They've already seen the resurrecting power of Jesus, but now Jesus is dead. And he's given himself as an atonement for our sins, took our sins onto his shoulders. He bore our sins for us. And how unsettling it is now that the one who became his sin for us is alive. And he's with them. And they come undone. It's just like Jesus and the angels to have to say over and over again throughout these resurrection accounts, peace be with you. Or, do not be afraid. He is our advocate. He is the Prince of Peace. He is the Good Shepherd. He is the gentle healer. And he gives us a word of peace. But when he comes, it ought to amaze and it ought to unsettle us. I, my daughter and I had kind of a daddy-daughter date last night. We were re-watching one of the Narnia movies, Prince Caspian, and there's a scene in that film where this little girl Lucy meets a lion named Aslan. She had seen him in a previous movie, and now she meets him a year later, and Aslan is to represent the Christ. He is uh, uh, to be Jesus. And she meets the, the lion after not seeing him for a year, and she says, Aslan, you've grown bigger. And he says, No, I haven't. You've grown older. You're not bigger? No, but for every year you get older, I'll get bigger. He's got to be bigger. When we meet Christ, we we ought to be unsettled and amazed at who he is, but also what will he do? What will he do in us? What will he do through us? How was that for you this morning? Where Christ needs to come anew and say, Lord, have this part in my life. Lord, have, have this uh, uh, fear that I've had. Just come and be the resurrection and the life to me. It's fear. That's first. Second, it's worship. Almost every account has people who respond to the news of resurrection or respond to Jesus. They worship. You go back to Matthew 28, Mary and the women, that's what they do. They want to take hold of his feet and worship him. That's what you have the disciples doing also in Matthew 28, 16. Later at the end of Luke, when you get to that last verse, they go back after the ascension and they're praising God in the temple. A second right response to the resurrected Christ is worship. Preacher, we're here. Or preacher we're watching. We get it. I know. But the resurrected Christ always, in every part, in every facet of our life, should draw us to worship. And it's just a reminder to us. If you and I want to fight for our joy, if you and I want to hold on to our joy, it's it's with the people of God, worshiping God, so often that's where the Lord shares with us His joy that's where joy is fostered that's where joy is won I'm not going to ask how many of you had struggles this morning dressing your children I'm not going to ask don't even look at me look away I know this morning might have been a a struggle I know some of you are thinking about brunch issues or lunch issues I know that or maybe it's just been that season and it's been a hard season when you and I gather together as the body of Christ to worship the Christ, God can work, and God can restore, and God can renew. It's in worship so often that the joy of the Lord is fostered and won. I heard a story just this week from somebody in our church family who was talking with very close friends, and they've been out of worship for years, for, for years. Not a, not a pandemic issue, but for years and how, how do you witness to that? You're close friends, you don't want to have a struggle, but you just, oh, I just want this for you. And, and just simply say, well, well, go this Sunday. Just go this Sunday. And they didn't put the guilt trip on them, right? You ought to worship because God deserves it, or the body of Christ has to be the body of Christ. Just simply, just go for you. Just go, okay? Um, that family had... had a, have been living well, family had been parenting well, that family, that family had been serving people well, and they went to church. Listen, you're never going to connect with every song. You're just not going to do that. Uh, you're, not, you're definitely not going to connect with every sermon. Uh, I counted four asleep right now. Don't wake them. Let them be rested in the Lord. You're just not. You're not always going to leave church pumped up. But their response to this person in our church was, I had no idea how much I needed it. I had no idea. Worship, when we gather for worship, to worship the one who gave all for us, it's just like God, to receive our praise, but to give back to the people of God, his joy. And that's where I want us to finish today. It's it's fear, it's worship, but, but, but this last response that we find in our passage, but in most passages about the resurrection, it's... Joy. That's a right response to Christ. You see it here in verse 41. You see it how the passage closes. And, and wherever we are in our walk with Jesus, wherever we are, whatever we're facing with our family or at work, wherever we are facing certain temptations or grief, wherever we may be, that's, that's my prayer for us this morning. We would know the joy of the Lord, that his joy would be our refuge and strength because he is alive. Death is defeated. Joy is a typical response to the resurrection. I'm not going to go through, you can do the math later and just go through the gospels and you see that with the women, you see that with these who were on the road to Emmaus just before this, that their hearts were burning. You see it here as well, that this joy overwhelms them. He wants us to have his joy. Will you and I choose that? Heard a story this week, A mom was in her van with tons of kids coming from the ball field and had gotten in a a line to go through a McDonald's fast food uh, uh, line. And this line was about 20 minutes long and she's been living with these kids screaming in her car, just the frustrations of work and life and she was just on edge. When she finally gets to be the next car in line for the pay window, the man in front of her all by himself, is taking forever at that pay window, and that just put that mom over the edge. And so that horn just started going because that'll fix this. This will do it. If I continually honk my horn at this guy, he'll hurry up. Instead of hurrying up, he even took a lot longer and seemed to have more interaction with the person at the pay window, and she just started laying into that horn again. He finally finishes up and goes to the food window, and so she pulls up to the pay window just having lost it and frustrated and spent, and says, how much is it again? The man in front of you just paid for your meal. He's got you covered. She could have chosen joy. And listen, all of us have stuff. All of us have temptations. But, but she chose impatience and to let her frustration get the better of her instead of choosing joy. That man had the same choice before him. He could have chosen frustration. He could have chosen to, to try to get even with her and take forever. No, he stayed there. He paid for that meal. Then he went up to the food line, and he showed her his receipt, got his meal. Then he showed the other receipt and took her meal and drove away. <laughs> oh, I bet she lost it. And <laughs> then 20 more minutes going through the line. I bet she lost it. We can't lose it. We shouldn't lose it. Christ has given all, and he's alive. He's over all, and the things he wants to do in us and through us. Joy is a choice, yes. It's not an emotional response. We've talked about it. It's a spiritual trust that Jesus is with me. He's for me. and I'm going to hold on to that. I'm going to fight for that. What a gift you will give. To your neighbors, to your coworkers, to this world, to your children, to our church's children. When you and I, in, in real struggle, or even maybe real temptation, say, I'm holding on to the joy of Christ. He loved me enough to give his life for me, and he has risen, and he is victorious. That's the victory you and I can have. I pray we have that. Let us pray. Almighty God, we praise you and we thank you that you raised up your son, Jesus Christ. It's it's a reminder to us that what what was gifted to us on this cross has been received, that his atonement was perfect, and that sin is defeated. Our sins are forgiven, that our hearts may be made clean, that there is an eternal home with us forever with you. Lord Jesus, we praise you for that gift. And we praise you and worship you today because you are also the resurrection and the life. Not only a life someday, but a life that we can have now with God through you. Oh Holy Spirit, whatever the wounding is, whatever the struggle is, whatever the temptation is, those times where we're tempted to step back because of fear of what God might want to do, help us to be faithful and trusting and allow God to do that work and amaze us. Help us to be faithful In our worship, help us to be faithful as we fight for our joy, that it might please you, but that also it might be a witness that we're holding on to Jesus, the one who is the resurrection and the life. It is in his name that we pray these things. Amen.